What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown podcast edition. This is episode 70. This is the April 2022 episode, and we got a full house this morning. We're sitting down today with TCC President Rob Roach, Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg, VP of Sales and Marketing AJ Pacharka, and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, buddy. How you guys doing? We're living the good. dream, living good the dream. I'll, I'll hopped up on caffeine today. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I'm drinking my caffeine. I got two cups back and I'm buzzing right now. Nothing better. It's the key to a good podcast is a whole lot of caffeine. That's right. <laughs> what's uh, what's happening? What's going on? I feel like it's been a long time since we've done, a, done an episode between AFPM and the coding show. It hasn't really been that long, but it feels like it's been forever. It's been a whirl, whirlwind tour since our last podcast, I'd say. Did uh, New Orleans on a customer outing, then yep. Venice for a fishing trip, then AFPM, then the coding show, which I didn't attend. But and you stuck on a vacation in there too. You, I stuck a vacation <laughs> in. I was gone from my house for almost three weeks, which is nice. But uh, nah, worn out, worn out, man. Yeah, it was a uh, busy well, couple weeks. Good, yeah, good couple busy weeks. Busy month. Busy. A lot month. of good stuff. Um, today's April 20th, which is, I believe, Ben Roach's birthday. My son, my oldest son's birthday, yes. My mom's birthday. Yeah, there's wow. a lot of April birthday. babies that. around, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah my mom's the 23rd, so she's yeah. right in the mix, yeah. Is Ooh. that Taurus? Does that fall into Taurus, the bull action? I know my wife's a bull on May 11th, so. Um, I don't know. I don't know when that, that changes. Or, yeah, it's somewhere in here, but. Yeah, it is like the 20th to the 18th or whatever, isn't it? Yeah. It falls like mid-month. Somewhere in there, but we got Ben a, a puppy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we got them raving a feet. Maybe we could put that picture. I'll get a picture for you. We can put it in the next view. And I like it. Ravens, three months old, uh, black lab, beautiful dog. I think Michaela Turnquist just got a new dog too. She everyone's, did. Everyone's Springer got puppy, Spaniel, puppy fever. Very cute. Oh. Yeah. Springer, wow. Black and white, yeah. Real cute dog. Real cute dog. High energy those Springers. Huh. And George Manchester had one. He got one a few months ago. B Bay B Bay. Call her Bay B B. Okay, so Beatrice and. So, yeah, there's some puppies flying around yeah. still. Yeah, post-COVID puppies. I'm sure Tiff's pushing for a third puppy, right, AJ? She is. She is pushing <laughs> for a, a third miniature dachshund, but I'm pushing back pretty, pretty hard. hard. Yeah, yeah. Two, is, uh, two is quite enough at two's the moment. Two is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a good thing going, so. Yeah, you know. it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you handle yellow spots in your lawn? Like, well, you know, you're a, such a lawn maintenance guy. Like, with the, if you get a female puppy, you're going to have a lot of yellow spots. Yeah, we've only got males right now, and they don't really. I don't know. My lab always made spots, but these little, they, you know, I think they're peas so much litter, you know, yeah. smaller. It's like <laughs> it's a scale issue. <laughs> yeah, these dogs are ten pounds, and my labs are a hundred pounds, so it's ten times the amount of pee. I guess. Slight, slight difference. I don't have any spots at at the moment. Yeah, so my I'm labs hopefully. are killing oak trees in my yard. Man. <laughs> <laughs> they're just falling over dead. <laughs> but as much as we could talk about puppies for quite a while, um, mm. I guess we should talk chemicals a little bit here. Um, so obviously coming back from the AFPM, the coding show, I think a lot of similar conversations were had. I think a lot of people have a lot of the same questions, concerns, thoughts on what's currently going on, what's to come for the rest of the year. I know one of the big driving forces of that is obviously the continuing situation in Russia and Ukraine with the Russian invasion. Um, obviously has been going on, I guess, for a good month or two plus now. So starting to really feel a lot of the effects of that. Um, I know AJ, you've been following closely a lot of the fertilizer issues, obviously a significant amount of fertilizer comes out of that region. Um, so that's obviously impacting things like urea demand. I'm sure it's impacting potentially dicey demand. And obviously I think we'll continue to impact downstream things like soybeans and food shortages. But I know there's been a lot of 
interest on things like urea these days and the fertilizer market should cer- certainly be interesting for the summertime. Yeah, urea has been a big topic of conversation all of a sudden, you know, the last, uh, you know, whatever, eight to 10 years that I've managed a product has been, you know, sort of just flat and not much to talk about. And lately, you know, we're getting a lot of calls for uh, people looking for supply and panicking about their current sources of supply. So it's definitely a big topic of conversation, um, you know, but even, you know, aside from urea, phosphates are tight, um, chlorides, you know, a lot of other other uh, just, you know, agro raw materials are in short supply because, you know, Russia's a big, uh, you know, a big uh, player in those. So as sanctions, um, you know, get enforced and, and things like that, it's it's really tightening things up and, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but things are at all time highs for the most part. Should be an interesting, uh, I know we do that Southwestern Fertilizer Conference, which is still a couple months away, but I'm sure that'll be a uh interesting week and some interesting conversations there yeah it'll be curious to get feedback from uh, a lot of the big buyers and the big end users to see what their outlooks are i mean you know commodity prices are high as well so um you know with you know with expensive commodities people can afford to pay more for fertilizer but um you know there's got to be a cap somewhere right like it's going to be you know when when urea reaches a certain point they're gonna just stop fertilizing or you know rely on rainfall to to help the plants grow i'm making a call right now Fuel surcharge is now coming. It's a def surcharge. I bet that's coming down because the cost of uncoated urea is double, tripled in price. I mean, quadrupled in price. Mention what def is just in case somebody. Uh, diesel exhaust fluid goes in every truck that delivers everything, no matter where. I mean, even in some of the ports, they have, you know, um, they won't allow trucks in that don't have NOx abatement, which is uh, nitrogen oxides, which come out of diesel engines and in order to run diesel engines over the road you know most trucks have NOx abatement which is very small quantity of urea in water I think it's 12 percent something like that but it's like 32 oh is it that high okay and the reason why it's 32 percent is so it doesn't freeze you know so um, but yeah I think there's going to be you know shortage of of DEF and that's a real critical thing I mean we're already critical in transportation but we talk about fertilization we're now in May almost so most of the fertilizers have been you know at least blends have been blend you know there we're we're lucky we're kind of past that and then also farmers can depend on rain use less fertilizer we've also seen a big um not resurgence but a big development of indoor farming so they're taking you know outdoor farms and they're covering them and controlling the environment and using only water not soil so when rain comes down it hits you know soil and it disperses and you lose quite a bit of it if you grow hydroponically you're growing right in water you can use less nutrients so i mean this is going to continue it's going to really speed up that you might want to look on the stock market on people that are doing that sort of thing because it's really going to grow especially with uh no pun intended yeah (laughs) it's going to grow it's going to grow um yeah, and obviously the the other big thing we're tracking with the Russia-Ukraine situation is energy pricing has obviously been increasing significantly, and there's certainly a delta between what's going on with European energies as well as what's happening in the U.S. Um, on the U.S. front, crude oil has come down a little bit. I think we're just over $100 a barrel now, which is still up 37% or so year-to-date. Uh, natural gas has been the big one, really jumped up huge since the last time we did a recording in mid-March. Uh, um, that one's up just about 100% year-to-date. So some crazy energy numbers, and I know we're getting questions on what we think is going to happen or asking us to pull out our crystal ball and predict the future. Obviously, we can only track what we're seeing, what we're being told these days, and kind of our thoughts on what's going to happen. But 
that's been a big uh, big point of conversation, both at the AFPM, the coding show, and I think since we're getting a lot of calls asking about that. Yeah, just uh, I guess uh, you're looking at me, so this is a <laughs> tough question. Um, just um, – yeah, I mean, you know, Biden uh, tapped into the reserves, one of the biggest uh, outputs of the reserves, I think, in history. Um, still didn't really cause much of a blip on the cost of WTI crude. Um, we've watched, even since AFPM, even the last few weeks, we've watched, um, you know, natural gas go from four to seven and change, which is almost doubled in four weeks. Um, I'm calling for 12 to 15 by summer. Um, we're exporting a lot to Europe to satisfy demands over there. I've even heard of things as crazy as propylene exports and things like that to Europe. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in Europe with Russian oil supply. I'll just say that if it is cut, it'll be devastating. We don't have the uh, capacities to fill that gap. Which I think is probably a big reason it hasn't been already is because they know it's such an important lifeline it is it is and that's why it hasn't been cut already but i i i I want i I put out a letter before the afpm i don't know if you read it or not but i just want to reinforce that if we don't fix this war in all wars nothing else will get fixed and i mean that from the bottom of my heart I, i really truly believe that we we got a lot of problems in humanity in the world and None of it will get fixed or even be tackled unless we can fix this war and, and all war. We need peace on Earth, so um, and it's a shame what's going on there. Yeah. But uh, if, 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 if Russian oil is not available, 15 to 30% of European uh, consumption is Russian oil. I mean, phew. you know, right now we're okay. That's all I can say. Right now we're okay, but... Uh, America depends on Europe. Europe depends on America. Um, you got COVID restrictions in China, which is really uh, impacting production over there. Um, th- this is a boom for non-integrated producers. And what does that mean? Higher prices for the consumer. Again, we're already in inflation. Yep. You got people that are non-integrated. We're buying from all over the world. These people are buying the raw materials for their production on the open market. Prices are going up. It costs higher energy, higher lower output, lower efficiency, more greenhouse gases. I mean, this is just a, you know, we need integrated producers. So, um, Well, that's a good point. I think a lot of the inflation numbers, too, are based off of pre-Russian invasion of Ukraine, not even what it's what the impacts of crude natural gas since that are. So if you think inflation's bad now, I mean, i got to assume it's going nowhere but up, unfortunately. Yeah, I've always thought it was grossly understated just based on the chemistries that we sell the raw material building blocks are like you know they're talking eight or nine percent inflation still and like we're selling things at you know 50 or 60 percent higher yeah i was gonna say double in yeah some cases, I mean. yeah so that's um i don't know i think it's we're just just some, like, some, someone's paying for that yeah yeah well you mentioned def diesel exhaust fluid earlier like i i bought a bottle uh this week and they haven't changed the price at the retail level yet you know what i mean but urea prices I've been stocking have. up on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a run on diesel exhaust fluid now. Yeah. <laughs> Roach DEF Enterprises. That's right. <laughs> selling out of your garage. Hey, I just sold <laughs> sixty bucks a gallon. What did I sell? A hundred tons last week. So you know it was a, you know another hundred tons. But yeah, I mean people are are actually buying. You know from oddball. It, it used to be a big source of that was Russia. You know or you know the Black Sea. You yeah. know uh, which is where most fertilization comes from. But. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like uh, we've got some issues coming up for sure. And uh, the only impact I see um, 
you know, sort of uh, placating that is the increase in interest rates. Um, and that's there at 12 year highs now. Um, you're seeing some slowdown as, uh, on the psychotic behavior of real estate. Although I read an article in the Wall Street Journal just this morning that the U.S. is still the best market in the world for middle class people to buy homes. So um, I think there's that room for that inflation and the cost of, of housing. And you got a lot of millennials, a lot of younger people that want a home. They don't want a condo. They don't want an apartment in the city. They want to live, you know, and have a quality of life. So I think that's going to continue to, uh, there's going to be, continue to be good demand. But I, I predict that to slow down as the interest rates rise. Yeah, the real estate thing's interesting too. Like obviously we live in a higher priced region compared to, you know, Oklahoma or some of the middle of the country. Um, but you got to assume a lot of people that are moving out of apartments or city living, you know, millennials that are, five, 10 years out of college and want to buy a house, you probably don't want to move to Oklahoma. You're going to move to Rhode Island or Inland Mass or New Hampshire and all of New England. It's, I mean, like you look at like what's available for houses in Rhode Island between four and $600,000, there's like two. In this, Slim, or one bed, 700 square foot. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, people want to live, you know, in the, they don't want to live in Dallas. They want to live in the outskirts of Dallas. Yeah. They want to have a robust school system. They want to have safety. They want to have uh, um, a lawn that they can you know, uh, thatch and deep thatch. <laughs> <laughs> they can thatch and mow and kill m moles. Is it? I don't know. You know, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I think that COVID brought a, a some semblance to people that it's not all about the rat race. It's about quality of life. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the COVID effects obviously continuing. Um, we've seen. Big impacts in China still. Obviously, China has a pretty strict zero tolerance policy on COVID. The port of Shanghai was shut down or is still shut down. I know there's been ongoing kind of fluctuating shutdowns on the ports over in China. I don't know if it's currently shut down. I know that there's just a big backlog because folks aren't yeah. you know working to full capacity. Yeah. Um, the the airport the airports are shut down. The airports are shut down. The airport. Yeah, we have some orders, air freight orders that they can go. Yeah. Yeah. So the the ports being either shut down or backed up brings up an interesting point i think somewhere on screen currently should be a map that compares the port of long beach as of i think today right versus this the, morning versus yeah. the port of shanghai um obviously as you can see from the graph it's significantly different traffic in a backup of port uh, backup of ships between shanghai and, and long beach obviously we're talking a lot about issues with u.s ports with the you know long beach being backed up or houston or savannah being a little slow but doesn't even come close to the comparison of what we're seeing with the Shanghai ports, we talk about like we we're talking this morning about container shortages and things like that. That's where all the containers are. They're all stuck on a ship there and can't get either in or out to get reloaded. Yeah, yeah, we're having trouble shipping. You know, whether it's exports out of the U.S. or or you know bringing stuff from Latin America, regions where we wouldn't have a problem getting you know loading. Now it's uh, you know containers just aren't available because they're all <laughs> in the water and just off yeah. of Shanghai. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty staggering. And we you know we're complaining about the the congestion at Long Beach. Or everybody is here in the U.S. and it's not even you know as you can see by the pictures, it's not even not even a fraction. Not yeah. even a fraction. It's yeah. not even close. But I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I guess it's just based on the zero tolerance policy. Either a matter of easing those policies, which doesn't seem likely, or hopefully you know COVID cases going down in China. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like over the next couple months. You'd think they'd learn from us a little bit, man. When they sent everybody home, everybody was together and they got sick. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, you know, you you're not picking up. I mean, at least in this microcosm of TCC TLC, our businesses. You're not picking it up here at the office. You're not picking it up at lunch at a restaurant or dinner at a restaurant or even at trade shows. You're picking it up f for most of us when the kids brought her home from school, you know, uh, 
you know, I got sick from it, from my kids at home, at school, you know, so I don't know, you know, there's, there's been the one thing that comes that, that, that we've, we've had with COVID is, 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 is a very quick learning curve. And we know a lot more about it today than we ever did. Of course, it's still mutating and changing, but you know that if you have enough airspace and you're not breathing on top of each other and good airflow and whatnot, you're not going to necessarily catch it, you know? So China's zero COVID policy needs some, you know, needs some uh, change, I think. And, you know, and now the variants are getting far more um, transmissible. So you're, you know, zero COVID is impossible, yeah. you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, AJ mentioned a little bit the you know Mexico and Latin America trade. I know historically or recently it's been a positive trade route with being able to get relatively short lead times and things like that out of Latin America. But how's that been recently? Has the availability yeah, the, been impacted? The or? lead times are short. I mean the transit times, but like we cannot get containers, we cannot get routes yeah. uh, available. So it's, it's been, it has been an issue, uh, as AJ mentioned. I mean, you have 10, 7, 11 day transit times, but if you don't get a container, it doesn't matter. You know, we can get sometimes easier easier and faster from, from Asia than we can get from Latin America in some products. So we're, we're facing that at the moment. So even with the short lead times, there's been some cases where it could almost be more yeah. effective to order from elsewhere. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the prices are, are keep, keep increasing, and it's who, who pays more. Right. Based on limited availability. Yes, yeah, supply and demand. Yeah. yeah, the lead time to get a container used to be weeks. Now it's months. You know, like we're waiting two to three months sometimes for for loadings. When uh, you know, we kind of out of the blue all of a sudden. We weren't expecting that, but yeah. um, you know, here we are. Crazy. On a more positive front, you're going back to Mexico here soon. Yes, my first business trip i know we'll talk about trade shows in a minute but um yeah. you're obviously going to walk the utec and i'll be walking the utec show it's a political show it's a big show in in mexico city um at the benamex city center it's a, it's a good show i'm gonna see my friends on the, in the industry so i'm looking forward to it what's been the overall mood with that are people excited for you to be coming down are you able to set up a lot of meetings compared to normal Is yeah it people yeah the people are getting back to the offices and people are back back at work uh, most of them are hybrid like three days three and two yeah. but people are back at work so people are seeing it started like everyone wants to see each other now yeah that's the first real big show that's yeah. been in mexico for a while right yeah for our industry yeah, yeah for sure but we just had Easter. Don't you guys have like two months off after Easter? <laughs> no, just, just, just one week. One week. Okay. All just right. one week. Easter week, right? That's, Easter you week. Know, yeah. Kind of the... Easter week was dead. <laughs> like I was getting out of office left and right. I was like, what's what's the point? I mean, I was like, yeah. Well, there was there was like a Tuesday, and Javi's like, oh man, I'm so bored. I'm like, what do you mean you're bored? It's too, like, what, like it's not like a holiday week. It's not Christmas. Like, you know, everyone's no everyone's soccer matches on. There there were a couple soccer matches, so I I gave myself entertained. <laughs> yeah, he was bored at work. It wasn't. There, there was plenty of other stuff. His WhatsApp was, was so working. dead that we. Yeah, a lot of people on vacation. You know, it's a popular vacation week, and and some companies take the whole week off. Some companies take three days off. Uh, companies that are more strict take two days off. Um, so, hmm. so very popular vacation week for sure. 
So you want us to adapt the Mexican vacation time policy is what you're saying? I'm not opposed. <laughs> we should opposed. like do a hybrid of like the Mexican and, and European. There you go. We'll just never come to work. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Between all the holidays and the siestas. We'll and take the, in the Asian, the tomb sweeping festivals <laughs> and all those. We'll just if we could combine all of those. Celebrate them all. Into we want to be diverse. You know, we want diversity. We'll end up working a week a year. Precisely 12 work days in a year. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting getting back to obviously doing the trade shows here and getting back to Mexico. Yes, nice to see. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to go yeah. to step on a plane again. Yeah, you know, it's always fun in Mexico City. It's a, yes. it's a great city. It's a great city. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. The traffic, it, it just very similar to home. You know, I'm from Peru, so it's it's very similar to home. So it's, it's, it's feel like it feels like home. You know. It's gotta be yeah, hot. It's gotta be hot, right down there. Yeah. So you have to take an Uber, but the nice part is you hop in an Uber to go two miles. You know, immediately you know it's nine dollars and thirty three cents, but it takes two and a half hours. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's crazy. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit, but price updates and trends coming into I guess May now. Um, we're obviously more than halfway done through April, so we're starting to get a feel for what's going to happen come early May. Um, obviously, a big jump in natural gas. So things that are natural gas derived are, I think, certainly expected to to increase. Um, crude has been relatively flat since where we were in March, so it may not be as big of an impact for um, May, but obviously supply and demand comes into, into play there. So I think it'd be inter- interesting to see what we're seeing from May. I think we're starting to hear some hints of some things maybe moving up, but uh should be interesting as how things shake out in the next couple of weeks. You talking on raw material or on chemical side? All the above. All the above. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly impacts, uh, logistics, uh, raw materials, base costs, oil, gas. We've been kind of shocked, you know, that we haven't seen more um, activity based on this. And um, I think a lot of people are theorizing that the the chemical industry has uh, really done a good job of uh, eliminating their talent pool. You know, and some of the uh, folks that have history and knowledge are gone. You know, they retired them. They made too much money. Um, they retired them young or they're, they're retired because they're too old or whatever. Uh, a lot of the big companies are just simply out of touch uh, with what's going on because uh, being a small enough company, we see it immediately. 50, 70% fuel surcharges immediately impact our bottom line. People aren't recognizing this. I'm talking, you know, Fortune 500 companies that we compete against. But you call for customer service. It's not there. Sales isn't there. The talent isn't there. So there was a lot of discussion about that at AFPM about what's going on, you know. And, um, you know, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we do hire a lot of these um, talented folks that are uh, sub-retirees or whatever, and, and we try and educate ourselves uh, based on history and, and the knowledge that they have uh, because uh, they're very important to, uh, to tap into because uh, the chemical industry is, is, is really uh, not doing well without them. So, um, so that, think, you know, that's so think- we could have a whole – podcast based I was on gonna say, I, I think everyone at this table has benefited from some of the folks that we have on our team that have been in the industry a long time i mean yourself included i know Absolutely. we had a lot of older guys that started as you yeah. came up with tcc so uh, i think i'm considered an old guy now no like, no, no come no, on 
I mean, do you want to be an old no, guy? No, I don't. <laughs> but I've been doing this now for 26 years, you know, so it's like, you know, I'm not there yet because I know there's people out there in podcast land going, 50 years I've been doing, 60 years I've been doing that. And I'll get there someday, but um, you're like yeah. a You're like a fourth-year NFL quarterback, like right, right in the middle of your prime. Oh, I love that. You know, I love that. Thank you. You're not a rookie. You're not old. Appreciate it. Um, you get a raise. <laughs> um, yeah, I think based on both – you know, supply issues, freight issues. Um, not going to be surprised to see some increases coming down the line for, for May. I mean, you know, I've seen some of our friends and, and competitors in the distribution business do everything from two cents increase to a $50 surcharge to uh, adding a surcharge. Um, our experience is that if you add a line item on an invoice, it simply doesn't get paid. Yeah. Uh, so I think the people that are saying, okay, across the board, two cents a pound, uh, for LTL or full truckload or whatever might be a more prudent way to do that. Um, but you know, um, yeah, it's difficult to, to figure out how to tackle that, you know? So we're taking it on a case by case basis. We're seeing, uh, some depre, uh, you know, destruction and cost of a line haul, but the increase in the fuel surcharge means we're still plus from where we were, especially for those long haul, you know, uh, over 600 miles. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly impact. I mean, every penny you're paying more for freight is, is, is off your bottom line if you don't adjust based on that. So, um, um, and they can do, and they can do it overnight. You know, they increase their, their fuel surcharges are done overnight. So I th- that's why I say there's a lot of people that are out of touch with this. They're not seeing it. It will impact Q2 yeah. profits. That's for sure. Yep. We talked a little bit earlier about obviously how tight urea is these days. Historically, something that's been relatively flat in pricing. Not no drastic changes throughout the year. Um, obviously, I think we're. Would you consider this like the peak kind of urea demand season? People are really starting to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's it's probably starting to. Tail, tail off a little bit. The spring planting season yep. buys are, are pretty much done. I mean, there'll be another upsurge in, in summer for the fall, yep. for the fall planting, but that's not as as big as the as the spring, obviously. So and that, and that pricing's remained high, and forecasting things to potentially keep yeah. going that way. Yeah, there was a big increase for uh, for April. Um, I don't know. I don't know what May is going to hold, but I wouldn't be surprised at another increase from an all, already all time high level. So we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, interesting times for sure. For sure. Um, good transition, I think, into featured products and things that we're bringing in. Um, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but Javier went on a shopping spree here recently, and mm-hmm. those products are getting ready to hit the port. So I think we're yes. excited to start making a big push on some of those products. Yeah, about two months ago, they're about to arrive, so I'm, I'm excited about them. Got to start selling now. Yeah, now the fun begins. <laughs> uh, what are those? What you want to remind, the, remind yeah, our, our audience? Uh, glycerin uh, in totes, uh, malic acid. Fumeric acid, uh, DIDP drums, DINA totes, to name a few. Some of it sold already. Some of it sold already, so we're replenishing. So we're, we're, it's, it's going, it's going well. I think. It definitely is. It's a very uh, fluent movement. Yes. For sure. Yeah, and we were talking earlier about the uh, high demand season starting for our polymer additive products as well. I know, obviously, packaged plasticizers between our standard products as well as things that we're looking to supplement mm-hmm. with new sources. Um, but, you know, across our polymer additives business, it's really getting Yeah, we're deep, not deep just esters season, right? and plasticizers. We've got a whole yep. basket of polymer additives. This is the season uh, as we ramp up and coming into uh, the summer season and high demand season for 
uh, different polymers and, and also competing polymers are unavailable or, you know, uh, super high priced. Uh, we're hearing, you know, things like uh, polyethylene and whatnot, different grades are being absolutely unavailable, you know. So uh, especially with gas prices, I mean, we've always, as America's always been priding ourselves since fracking of our low cost for natural gas, and yeah. that certainly goes into polymers. And now you're seeing massive increases to where, you know, I predicted 12 to 15 per MMBTU by summer. So, I mean, that's that means other polymers are becoming more, interesting you know and uh and those are probably the markets that we serve more yeah yeah trade shows events conferences so we nicole nicole's favorite favorite topic <laughs> it um, sure has become <laughs> become we got, that <laughs> we got a full slate coming up i think before we get into that i know we talked a little bit about the afpm the coding show being a, a good success obviously you got thrown right into the fire with your first actual real true AFPM as well as the coding show back to back. So you what, had what a party at the AFPM that was. Yeah. We sure we sure did have a, a fantastic turnout. Um, you know, I think everyone enjoyed really getting to to mingle again and, you know, see everyone in, in the same place, especially as opposed to back in October. You know, it was a, a more mellow crowd. So it was nice to see, you know, almost back up to 100 percent for sure. So, yeah. yeah. I think not to pat ourselves on the back, but we had a lot of good feedback on a lot of people that a preferred feist, autos. Feisty over. crowd, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it was good to see. Like you said, it was great to have everyone back kind of in the same venue and, and see a lot of people you haven't seen in a long time. So I think it was good. Definitely. You had a, p- a positive you know, outlook on these shows now. And it was fun trying to plan these stuff without actually having gone to them in the past. But Exa- well, you're, and that's you're a pro now. Exactly. Learn by doing. And, you know, the experience is, is some of the best part of it. Um, getting to actually see everything in action when you, you know, put so much into, into the planning. And then, you know, just seeing how all the meetings come together and everything pans out and how those relationships, you know, come together and build. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. I would say the AFPM March compared to October was at least double. Yeah. You oh, know? definitely. And then we saw nobody from Europe in October. We saw nobody from Asia in October. And we saw limited, you know, maybe U.S. Um, participation. This year, definitely Latin America was strong at AFPM. Very much Amer- so. North oh, America yeah. was strong at AFPM. Europe was there, not maybe 100%, maybe 25 to 50%. No Asia. So that was probably where AFPM. And then Coding Show we're here, you know, from you guys that were there. I mean, it was a little slow. I mean, I think slow. probably back to back with AFPM a little too much or, you know. Uh, I have nothing to compare it to. It was the first uh, coding show that I, you know, mm-hmm. attended. But from, yeah, what everyone said, I mean, it it sure could be, you know. Yeah, and I don't know what the official numbers were. Like, I mean, maybe it was on par with prior years. Maybe it was actually a little bit less. I wonder if they, pub- they, must, they must publish that info on like what it was year over year. Yeah, I'm um, sure you can find it somewhere. I just haven't seen them yet. But it, yeah. did, it did feel a little slower. But um, there are a lot of different folks that go to the coding show, like more end users than uh, at AFPM. Um, but it's probably a similar thing, like, you know, v- very few people from Asia and, and limited European attendance. Um, you know, but it was still a good show. Like we still had a lot of good conversations, and uh, you know, it's definitely a good, uh, a, a good, uh, good show. Yeah, I think for not really knowing what to expect for the f- first full kind of large scale trade show post COVID, I think it was good. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be back in two years. Yep, definitely. Already starting to make plans. Yep. Um, but we had a bunch of good shows and events coming up over the next couple months. You want to run through some of these? Yeah. So we have our, our very own Ben Sawicki, who will be at the World Adhesives and Sealants Conference in Chicago. Um, 
next week, actually. So look for him there. Schedule's filling up on that one. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) You're like the man of the hour there. I love it. Uh, As Javi mentioned, he's got UTech in Mexico City coming up. Um, That's in May. We've got Chemicals America in Charleston. Uh, That's in June. We have a booth there. So uh, we're looking forward to setting up meetings and, you know, having everyone pop by and filling the schedule up there. I think we've already started to to reach out and, and schedule some meetings, even though it's a couple months away, but you can't be but by, by we, you mean just yourself. Yeah, I mean, it you're, might be me. Get way, way out of the game, which is great. Which is but great you know to what? See. Hey, you, why not, right? She's yeah. a planner. Uh, I'm yeah. a planner. So. Her suitcase is already packed for that show in June. <laughs> hey, you know what? Boom. Grab it and go. Um, we've got the Middle Eastern Coding Show that uh, is also in June in Dubai that Javier will be attending once again. Uh, That's the first, first time at that one? Have we yeah, done before? No, yeah. I've never been to the Middle East recording show. That'll be the first time. So, well, that'll be a nice one to, to hear feedback on as well. Yeah. And, you know, kind of see. I'm sure everyone will be excited to, to yeah, have your presence. Yeah, there. looking for a new contact. So we'll, we'll see We'll see what, what comes out to, comes out of. Definitely. Yeah, fill up that WhatsApp. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get a new, new contact for my WhatsApp. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, then in uh, July, we've got the Southwestern Fertilizer Conference um, down in Nashville. We have AJ Petraka and Corey Mullins who will be attending that. So um, we'll be happy to set up meetings and fill their schedule up to the, the fullest of, of their extent. And um, They try to pick just the hottest places <laughs> to go to July for that show. Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. Yeah. Well, I guess Nashville's better than San Antonio in July. Yeah. So um, it's, it's still going to be pretty hot, though. Just trying to show the importance <coughs> importance of good fertilizer. When it gets that hot, you yeah. gotta make yeah, sure your exactly. lawn's nice and nice there, and new, full of nutrients. There is a marketing strategy there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. If not, I just created it. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then um, uh, we are also going to be attending the ICAST in Orlando in uh, mid July as well. Uh, I believe AJ and Ben will be there. So um, yeah, that, that's what, a new what, one for us. One so. we're thinking about. What is ICAST? It's the big uh, fishing trade show. Oh, okay. You want to come to that too? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about mid-July. I will be fishing. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to fly to Orlando in the middle of July to go to a show. But uh, It's an odd time to have the fishing trade show in the middle of July. You think they do it yeah, in like January like, yeah, or something. Yeah, January. I think I might need you for crew then. I don't know if AJ will be going. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll uh, reevaluate if they get feedback and put it towards the it's another one mid-july in florida I mean, yeah huh, that is they in get a, middle florida it's not like you know they get a good deal on that venue yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so some awesome stuff coming up in the pipeline where we're excited to uh fill up the the trade show and conference uh schedule and you know by all means reach out for meetings where you know we're looking forward to seeing everyone everyone down there Obviously not an official event, but we're looking forward to putting on our internal sales meeting again this summer. See everyone back in person. Yeah, coming in June. It's the first time we'll all be together since 2019. Jeez, yeah. June 2019. Jeez, Can you believe that's it? That's a long time, you know. So it's it'll be great to get everybody together, and uh, we got technical presentations up the wazoo. So you know we got a lot to catch up on. Yep, we're looking forward to that too. It's going to be an awesome event. So yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Um, so wrapping things up, I know we talked about the. Talked with the puppies a little bit earlier, so exciting, to talk about. exciting <laughs> times around the offices with the with the dogs. Um, we've also had some good content coming out recently, especially on the podcast. We had our regulatory episode. We also just recorded, which may or may not be released by the time this episode comes out, but it is coming here soon. Uh, we did a three part series with one of our best and longest standing producing partners, Avonic, um, talking about plasticizers and phthalates. So a lot of interesting info on in there. Um, something that gets thrown out a lot. There's a lot of myths and misinformation and things that are maybe misconstrued um, surrounding certain plasticizers and especially phthalates. So 
excited for that one to come out. There was a lot of real good info that came out of that one. Should be yeah, I'm excited content. about that one. Very much so. Um, but yeah, wrapping things up. Anything else to anything else we're missing? I think that's about it. We covered a lot. A lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate your time. Good uh, talking to you guys all this morning. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, there'll be a bunch of show notes and links to some of the things we talked about here in this episode down if you scroll down wherever you're streaming this, whether you're on the video version or the audio version. So as always, we thank you for listening and we'll see you in, uh, we'll see you in May. See you in May. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.